Dan, I'm going to ask you if you could put on your thinking cap. Oh, it's never off. It's always on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I want you to put on your thinking cap. All right. Do do you remember uh, a few episodes ago, we were talking about uh, firewood and New York City and pizza ovens and legislation. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Yep. Yeah, we had, we were talking about like, there was some things in the news about the pizza ovens in New York City and the firewood and all. And you and me had, we started talking about and just thinking out loud, wow, what would it be like to deliver firewood in New York City? One of the biggest cities in the world. Remember that? Yes. And I was, I was actually thinking, is there anyone who delivers firewood in a city like that? Yeah. Is it even and are there, Is it something and, that happens? <laughs> and are there fireplaces in New York City? Serious? And these skyscrapers? Right. And, yeah. and if someone were to deliver firewood in New York City, how the heck would you do it? Right. That, I, I am, it's, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah. Not what do question. you do? Like, you got a dump truck? And you got to like carry wood upstairs, like 70 flights of stairs. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, the reason I'm bringing this up, Dan, if you haven't noticed, there is a stranger sitting across the table from us. I have. And he's, and he's staring at us right now. And he's wondering what, where in the heck, where did, how did I wind up in this place? <laughs> yes, I have noticed that. Yeah, so I am excited for everyone in out there in podcast land listening to the Woodhounds, the world's largest firewood uh, podcast. I want to introduce you to someone special. His name is Richard Hebby, and he is the owner and operator of Woodborne Boys. They are a firewood delivery service from Brooklyn, New York. Richard, how are you doing? Hey, how you doing, Joe? Uh, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Um, doing good. Just, you know, it's high season right now for us, as I imagine it is for you guys. Uh, got a couple trucks out this morning and happy to be on with you right now. That's awesome. Welcome, Richard. So you're, 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 you're going to be, you're going to answer all these questions about is it possible? And do you actually deliver firewood in a big city like Brooklyn? Yeah, we have a thousand and we have a thousand and one questions for you, Richard. And uh, so right at the very beginning, uh, we don't know we don't know each other. I was bored one day during one of these big rainstorms that we had, and I started Googling firewood and different cities. And so I'm, I'm in New York City Googling, and I kept uh, finding this one website and it was the Woodborne boys and it's an excellent website and he has excellent reviews from his customers. He's well-established and I just rolled the dice. I cold called him and he answers his phone <laughs> and I told him who I was and he was like, uh, never heard of you. <laughs> and I says, well, have you heard of Dan from back 40? He goes, nope, never heard of him either. So it sounds like he is too busy delivering firewood to, um, to spend any time on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is my life. I kind of stumbled into it, to be perfectly honest. I had a lot of the same questions that you do about where do you get firewood? How do you move it? And where does it come from? Before I 
got here and started this company just about a year ago, like a year and a couple months, 13 months. So it's pretty new to be yeah. honest. Wow. But yeah. You would have never known from your online reviews though. You've got a bunch and yeah. a, a lot of positive feedback. Yeah. I mean, that that's the thing. Like I come from a marketing background. I did digital marketing for like 12 years and did customer relationship management for a long period of that time. And so making sure customers are satisfied and come back is kind of what I led. That was, that was the first foot forward when I, when I started this company. Yeah. That, that kind of sounds like the complete opposite of most firewood delivery services that I know. Yeah. Of. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it, it is a repeat business, right? Like a, a lot of companies, good or bad, get the same clientele year in, year out, season in, season out. So, um, for us, that was something I really wanted to make sure that we did. Um, but, but the funny thing is like, I kind of fell into this business. I bought one of those solo stoves, bought the oh, biggest one yeah. put it in my backyard. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know if it's a hundred percent legal or not to have an open fire pit in the backyard, but that's besides the point. Um, Your secret is like, safe with us. Yeah. How, how do I get firewood? So I went to the hardware store, um, do it best hardware on Fulton. And I went to get as many bundles as I could carry. Now this is me walking, not driving, no cart, no hand truck, no, I'm not wheeling a wheelbarrow through the city. I think I got one or maybe two and there were like five big pieces, 1499 plus tax. And it had been like maybe a month prior where I bought a quart of seasoned wood and it was like 280 or something like that, maybe 265 a quart for two quarts. And then I was like, did the math. I was like, this doesn't make sense. How does this make sense? So, I took my car. I got a toy. I have a Toyota RAV4, not a huge car, not a tiny car, little SUV, upstate, and brought down as much wood as I could fit in there. Posted it on Craigslist. Said free delivery, or uh, we'll deliver. We'll bring it up the stairs. We'll do whatever the other guy's not going to do. Got a few hits, and that's Here how you it's, are. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that <laughs> Richard, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking that can't be that can't be possible. But <laughs> you know, I mean, getting a start where you really you don't have a background in wood, you don't have a background in chainsaws, you just wanted to have a fire, and you left the city to to find some cheap, and then on the way back you started realizing this is a business model. Yep. Yep. I mean, I look at it as we're solving the problem of how do you get a rural product into an urban area? How do you get something big, bulky, messy into tight corners and up, you know, stairs that would never be approved by the building department these days that are 200 years old and back of creaky hallways? How do you do that? That, that's how I see it. Um, and so the firewood part, it could, it could really be anything else. It could be mulch. It could be flowers. I, I don't know. It could be anything else. But I'm glad it is the firewood part because for some reason, fell in love with it. 
so yeah. many idiosyncrasies, so many little things. Um, it's just a cool, cool business. And, and at the end of the day, I kind of feel like we are providing, like we work with a lot of pizza restaurants, barbecue places and homes. We're providing heat and food. Like what more of a basic need could you provide for people? I love it. Well said. When, uh, Dan, when I was on the phone with Richard, the first thing Richard said that really made me start making my, my rusty wheel grind in my head, he said that where we live, you know, in, in our area of Ohio, our area of Wisconsin, mostly people that buy firewood are us normal people, you know, people that are trying to save a buck to heat their house, to supplement their heating bill. Uh, but he said in New York City, it's the other way around. He said it is the affluent, not the affluent, the super affluent people in New York City who are his clientele. I found that very interesting. And I guess that's just because of the type of buildings, I guess, have fireplaces. Richard, you know, help me out on this. I think that I don't know 100% what the guidelines are these days, but I don't think you can put a new wood burning fireplace in a new built house. It has to have existed. And I think that law has been in place for a matter of decades. So for, for someone to stumble upon one of these holy grails of a, a house with a fireplace, it would have also had to have been maintained and uh, fixed over the years. And so you're going to find it in these like beautiful townhouses that maybe were once you know, mansions for the super rich that that could have been restored to this day. Um, and you'll find maybe one or two in high rises and things like that, but they, they would have existed a long time ago and they would have had to been maintained. Um, and for normal apartments that were just put up with, you know, budget in mind, uh, it's all done with like electrical heat and things like that. Because if you're building 30-story apartment, you can't be putting in, I mean, I guess you could put in that many chimneys and that much exhaust, but it seems like from a cost standpoint, it doesn't make sense. So you, you find like the people who buy firewood here have these really beautiful houses, are super affluent, and whoever owned that building before them has maintained it. Because a lot of them kind of, they get closed up, um, covered in cement or become just decoration and, and they're no longer used. Right. You, know? you don't, they don't use the fireplace because they either let it go or they just can't get firewood anymore. They don't want to spend the time trying to get the firewood. And do you, so are, are most of your customers buying the wood for heating or is it more like just ambiance, recreational burning? And then do you have also like restaurants, oven, pizza ovens, stuff like that? Yeah, so it's a little bit of both. Um, in the winter time, we're definitely delivering to more customers that are buying firewood for their residential homes. Few and far between will use it for their primary source of heating. I think another New York City legality thing, I think you have to have a heating source that's like either electric or gas or something. For, for landlords, they actually have to provide heat in some way for New York City tenants. Um, there are some folks that I deliver to where they're like, this is my main source of heating. 
And for, I had a lady call me yesterday. She was referred by the woman who lived in that apartment prior. Um, and she was like, we're freezing. We just moved in. We're freezing. And <laughs> she wasn't on our route, but I took my car again and, and made that delivery because I don't want someone to be cold. And this is, that's the reason I'm doing it. <laughs> but uh, on the restaurant side, that's really <clears throat> year round, 52 weeks out of the year. Um, pizza restaurants, they, they'll get like a specific cut of wood, specific species of wood and they're going through maybe half face cord to a face cord every week uh running that pizza oven and and there's a similar set of restrictive rules for those guys like you can't you can't open up i can't open up you know joe and rich's pizza and just put a pizza oven in if none had existed if right. it, if it it's would burn you can do gas yeah so Lots of different rules about about that as well. Yeah. How many pizza ovens, wood-burning pizza ovens, are there in New York City? Is there a lot? There are a lot relative to other cities. There are not a lot in an absolute way. There's maybe 100, something along those lines. And then you have, if you're talking about commercial uh, clients. 100. <laughs> I'm just laughing at this because, yeah. you know, everything's on a different scale in New York City. My gosh. Uh, we had, Richard, we had an earlier episode where I had done some math. And there are more people in New York City than there are in 10 states in the United States. You know, wow. that's just how many people are there. And then you just throw out a casual number like, oh, there's only like 100 pizza ovens. <laughs> <laughs> Gee whiz, that's more than more restaurants than we have in the entire county where I live. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, I don't know. I kind of the the goalpost keeps moving in a way. Like when I first started, the goal was ten restaurants. Now we're up to around thirty. And so, if I'm looking at it from that perspective, it's like if we have thirty and there's only a hundred, then doesn't feel like that much because also you see the number of pizza restaurants that are just serving up a New York slice are probably in the thousands, probably 10 X, 20 X, the amount of wood burning pizza ovens. Yeah. So, all right, let's, let's get into this because my mind is spinning as well, Joe. I'm so where, <laughs> where do you get the wood from? Like, what is your process for you had mentioned when you started you went to the store on foot and bought some bundles. Then you mentioned you drove your car upstate. So what is, do you have a wood yard? I imagine it can't be very big if you do, or what? what's going on with all this? <laughs> yeah, so in New York City, in New York State, and a lot of other states, you can't sell wood further than X miles from its origin. In New York State, it's further than 50 miles from its origin. You have to have a certificate of origin. And we're here in the, if I'm going to Midtown Manhattan, you put 50 mile radius out on that. There's really not a lot of trees. Right. There's one exception that's kiln dried wood. And in the state of New York, you could probably count on your hands, maybe your hands and toes, the amount of kilns or the amount of companies that, that, that there are, uh, and the companies that are New York state approved to sell kiln dried wood and, and they have someone from the DEC go and check it out. So we, I started off getting dumps from, I called probably every company that sells kiln dried wood 
and working with these guys who they'll dump the wood. First they started, we were in a eight by eight storage container and we're just moving out of that. First we were in the car, then the storage container. Then we got a 40 foot shipping container. Now we're in a warehouse. So uh-huh. we get, uh, we get <laughs> wood dumped in front of the warehouse. We box it up. We bought these like custom injection molded boxes it, that makes it like easier to move. They're also like one sixtieth of a full cord. So we, we can measure them out and that's what we'll do. We'll dump it, we'll box it up. And then we also work with a wholesaler who has a larger operation that's producing probably 20, 30 cord a week uh, that'll produce like bundles for us. And we'll go and pick it up and we go pick it up in a transit 250 van. Now I'm like, I know I'm behind on all the equipment stuff and all of that. And I should have a 26 footer or 53 footer, but right now I don't, I just work with those wholesalers. All right. So you are not producing firewood. You're buying, uh, you're buying off of a firewood producer and you're reselling it. Exactly. And these producers, they're not in the city then, right? They're outside of the city and they will truck it into the city and dump it where you're at. Yep. I did some research in the beginning. I don't think there is any zone at all in Brooklyn where a kiln would be allowed. No kidding. Hmm. Maybe, maybe like somewhere in South Brooklyn, but there's all this zoning regulations that, that I don't know if it would be allowed. And even if it were, you, what do you need? Like maybe a quarter of an acre? You're probably going to have to pay millions of dollars for, for that to purchase or tens of thousands of dollars just right. to rent. Right. Because if you if you didn't have enough room to actually process the wood to go into the kiln, you'd end up having to truck the wood to the kiln and then truck it away. So you may as well just not even bother. Yep. And then you're so far from the trees anyway. So Right. Yeah. Hard to yeah. figure out. Yeah, the last time I was in um, Lower Manhattan, I didn't see many trees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, it's I funny, see, though. I don't remember seeing any. There are some trees, right? Like ice. I, I was started working with one of our uh, Brooklyn parks last year. Uh, Fort Green Park, which is like half a mile from my house. My neighbor referred me and they, they were buying our wood like kiln dried because they take down trees like they'll take down some birch or some oak or ash if it's you know infested or whatever's growing they'll take it down and then they try to burn it but they're taking it down in these huge rounds they can't burn it so i was like how do i work with these guys get their trees and repurpose it and just like give it back to the community but it was kind of a hard nut to solve. Uh, didn't seem like I got in touch with the right persons, but that would be pretty cool to do. Yeah. Yeah. So out here in Ohio, if I wanted to start a firewood business, I would just start a firewood business and it's really no one's business, especially mm-hmm. if I have acreage. I can't imagine that's the case in Brooklyn. Uh, I was looking at you on Google Maps and it looks like your current place that you operate out, out of is kind of like under like overpass bridges, you know, where there's a lot of flat pavement kind of a place. Mm -hmm. So 
can you just open up shop and sell firewood or is there in the city you got to have a lot of permits and inspections you know is there problems in dealing with wood untreated well i guess this would be kiln dried but you know what type of red tape is in your way to get started selling firewood in new york city yeah so there's a few different things um from like an operational standpoint and then from a financial standpoint that's red tape uh from an operational standpoint the fire department for any storage of wood wants the wood to be stored in steel or fireproof storage so i couldn't just build a hut or a shed out of wood and start storing the wood there the fire department would not like that so that's why like a shipping container that's all steel is totally fine or you know a storage container or now we're in a all steel warehouse. That's all. That's all good. Um, I'm not going and alerting myself to the fire department and asking them to come check me out. <laughs> they've they've bothered a lot of my restaurant <laughs> clients enough um, to the point where we've had to they, they've had to buy special containers that are like fireproof safes to store the wood that are thousands of dollars again one of those regulations and then they get the, the safe and they're like hey it's super shallow we can't fit your wood in here so we had to get it specially cut to 12 inches so it can fit in there so we can stack it so we work with a lot of folks who have these safes and now we have to put, cut the wood to a smaller length to get it stacked and then on the financial side um like i have to charge sales tax which varies by my client base so my restaurant clients are paying full sales tax because they're not reselling, which is like 9% residential. They can pay what's known as like residential heating sales tax, which is the same for oil or propane or, you know, any kind of residential heat, which is half of that four and a half percent. Well, I got to tell you, Richard, I, I am just finding this fascinating and I, I appreciate like anytime I hear Stories about someone like you who looks at something like firewood and takes it to a level that it hasn't been thought of before. Like we've talked <laughs> about this on the podcast many times where, you know, people just get in a way of thinking about firewood as one thing and one thing only. Like, you know, if you mention firewood in New York or Brooklyn, people are like, oh, no, that's not possible. No one's going to buy firewood there. So I really appreciate hearing all of this and it's fascinating for me but what's really fascinating for me is on your website you have listed where someone can buy a single piece of firewood <laughs> <laughs> have you have you ever had people buy one piece of firewood no buy the piece <laughs> no but it, it comes down to the market that we're selling it here in in new york city that's this the reason guy, why I put that on the website. This guy is a genius, Dan. This guy I is know, a genius. I know. <laughs> I've never sold that that particular product, but I have people ask all the time, how many pieces in a bundle? How many pieces in a face cord? How many pieces in a half face cord? And I don't call them those things. I don't use general firewood terms for the most part on my website. I will have pictures and give them names that are easier to digest because with this market being affluent and they're willing to pay a little bit more and it costs us more to get this product here right 
it's got to be kiln dried. It's got to be trucked. Uh, you can't bring a huge trailer into small streets. All, all these things make it cost more. And because they're not really using it as like a primary or even a secondary source of heat, their level of knowledge is a little lower than your typical yes. yeah. uh, homeowner who has a wood stove or a couple fireplaces or they're splitting it themselves or that kind of thing. So we've had, had to change how we sell it versus, oh, this is four by four by eight. This is a, a full cord of firewood because people don't understand that. And they ask Correct. questions like, yep. how big, how many pieces are in there? And I give them the same answer, which is it can be, you know, 500 to a thousand or whatever it is that they're asking and give them an answer to that. But it's based on the size. Like we could have a bundle with seven pieces in it or a bundle with 15 pieces. We just make sure it's three fourths of a cubic foot. Um, so that's why I put that up there. So yeah. people did, if, if they were very particular about, oh, I want this many pieces, they can go and buy as many pieces as they that's, want. That's what I kind of figured. And and just hearing, you know, knowing that I'm sure you're probably not dealing in traditional amounts like cords. You probably are only, you know, you're probably dealing in smaller amounts that you deliver. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. So Richard, I, we, I, <laughs> we eventually want to get to, we're just fascinated by all this and I want to hear, um, I want to hear about your delivery, you know, and how you deliver, but I want to get back to your wood yard I mean, I don't know if that's even what you refer to it as, but I'm going to call it a woodyard. Uh, but I want to remind everyone, we're talking with Richard Hebby. He is the owner-operator of Woodborne Boys Firewood Delivery Company, and they are in Brooklyn, New York. And um, they service the, uh, the, the New York City area, and they are in and out of the bowels of that city every day. And we're just having a blast here with this discussion. But I want to get back to your wood yard, Richard. Um, how much, and I, now I, you're dealing with kiln dried. So the moment it shows up, you can sell it. It's going on, it's going out mm -hmm. for delivery. But what is your typical, how much are you carrying in quantity at your wood yard? And then I know you're servicing 30 restaurants and they're all on their own consumption schedule. But, yep. you know, how, tell us about the in and out here. You know, how much how much are you buying? How much is getting trucked in w when these trucks come in? Are they 53 foot semis? Are they are they you know smaller box trucks? Give us this whole process. We got two suppliers right now, one that's doing our bundles and that's mostly going out to our restaurants and we'll do anywhere from like 400 to 700 bundles a week for restaurants 150 bundles in a cord so call it like three to five cords per week for restaurants uh -huh. and uh in terms of the loose wood or the the dumped wood they're coming with like a dump truck as if they were and they're coming from long island as if they were making a delivery at someone's house in their driveway and they just dump it in our driveway in our it's a warehouse really. So they dump it in front of the loading dock yeah. and we lay a tarp down. We fill up 120 boxes for that full two cords or 119 or 123, whatever it makes. And we throw them on pallets and, and use a pallet jack to bring them in and try to hold 
at least five cords in the warehouse at a time, but uh-huh. we can go through, like we could get a two core, two full core delivery, go through it the next day. We could go pick up 350 bundles and go through it the next day. So it, it's a little hard, especially in the high season to hold on to inventory. So I'm looking at, yeah, like upgrading the equipment. It hasn't been a complete need right now because we're mostly doing wholesale to retail distribution. So I, that hasn't been like, like you said, if you were in Ohio, wanted to open up a firewood company, I guess just get a pickup truck or a dump truck and go for it. And a couple of chainsaws. Yeah. We don't, we don't need that stuff. Like I have a splitter, I have a wrapping machine. I got a van and, and a couple other uh, contractors that have their own vans and we make it work for now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm real interested here. So the majority of the wood that you're getting is coming from Long Island, your suppliers? I'd say it's like 50-50 Long Island and the, and the Catskills. Okay. And then these dump trucks, what are they? Are they like the type that you see in road construction or like a landscaper or somewhere in between? They hold maybe about a cord? Landscape dump truck, I think it's like 10 foot long. It holds two cords at a time. Okay. Just and then you're... And then your bundled firewood, mm-hmm. you're buying it already bundled. What is this? Is it in a? Is it in like an onion bag or is it wrapped in stretch wrap? Stretch wrap. Um, you know, we start. I started in the beginning doing my own bundles, but you know, it's strange because you have residential customers who are willing to pay full retail for bundles like 12 bucks or whatever it is. And then you have restaurants who want a wholesale price. And so I was paying 35, 45, 50 cents for the onion bags. And I was like, then another 50 cents to put it in. All of that really adds up. They want to pay six bucks. They want to pay six seventy five. So I, I just wanted to know exactly what I was paying. So I'm getting them to do all the bundles for me. Yeah. We're, they're packing it by hand stuffed full in the Ford Transit 250, uh, <laughs> maybe two cords plus a little bit at a time. And and some weeks we go three weeks, uh, three three times a week, sorry, Ooh. rather, wow. to pick up bundles. And then you say you are also wrapping your own or you have the ability to do that? What kind of a, of a machine do you wrap with? It's, it's a machine from this company called Twister Industries. It's one of those twister machines. Yeah, they, know they, it well. I think Hudson makes one too. Um, I don't know if it is the best version of the twister wrapper machine. I think I'd probably try another company on on the next go around. Maybe, maybe, you know, well, hit me up after the podcast and I'll put you on to, (laughs) I will put you on to go fast manufacturing. Okay, cool. Cool. Sweet. All right. So I got to ask this, this again, my mind is racing, but tell us about, one of your strangest or most difficult deliveries, like climbing 40 flights of stairs or something. Is it, is it like that? Or is it just like normal drive up to a restaurant, you know, a residential ring the doorbell. Here you go. Uh, all of them are kind of strange. I mean, some of them, <laughs> some of them are fairly straightforward where the most straightforward is going to be open my gate. Maybe they'll give you a code. 
there's under the staircase there's a little like witch's cupboard in there storage area stack it in there that would be the yeah. easiest which is certainly not easier than pull up dump truck dump it leave yep uh we have had multiple six-story walk-ups and then they were like and surprise it's going to the roof as well that that's brutal <laughs> and these things are like 60 70 pounds so it doesn't seem like it's a lot but when you're going upstairs and the guy in the back's holding all the weight it is <laughs> it is it is really yeah really brutal mm. um and then some of the restaurants have very strange requirements for for what they want you know you can imagine these are tiny little restaurants so they'll tell you we're going to open up the hatch to the basement you feel like a ninja turtle and then you <laughs> throw it down throw it down the stairs and then you go down you <laughs> climb over a pot a, a, a almost a face cord of firewood with a dolly and then you dolly it to the back that would that would be a fairly difficult one on the restaurant side wow what about residential and dealing with the super affluent what are they like to deal with are they easy to deal with or are they finicky sometimes sometimes <laughs> um it's funny because i'm like thinking of like certain clients but i find that if i err on the side of just being polite and having a good phone manner and and say yes to everything customer is always right that usually the customer is is happy um and i try to instill the same thing in my workers and my drivers and my delivery guys that you know just anything they want you, you can do for them um but we don't really come across too many problems because the wood is kiln dried like well past that well lower than a 20 percent moisture so the yeah. product's good um people don't usually have issues with it mm -hmm. what do you what kind of vehicles do you deliver with just vans vans right now i'll, I'll take my like transit vans or econoline got, vans or what do you want i we, we got a transit um with like a high roof and then we have um they got two contractors that drive like econolines uh-huh and yeah. and so when i think of manhattan you know i think of <laughs> horn honking and red lights so where where do you park when you make a delivery are you sitting out on the road or are you just like a regular delivery vehicle you have people cussing you because you got the road blocked up or, or how's this go yeah so to have a commercial vehicle in new york firstly you got to have your phone number address name on it on the side of it or business so i've had people call me and i'll pick up the phone woodburn boys firewood how may i assist you and they're like your car's blocking the way. Move your car out of the way. I'm calling the cops. And I'm like, I'm in Vermont or I'm like up in the Catskills doing something else. And and so I got to call the driver and let him know. But he, we got to just find parking where we can find it. Luckily, some of the places there's truck loading zones and we can park there. And, and as long as we're unloading, that's fine. It's really not the case most of the time where we just have to kind of risk it and we bake in tickets as a cost of doing business. No kidding. Yeah. Hmm. Do you have a certain uh, delivery hours? So like you're not heading out, you know, Thursday afternoon at three o'clock to deliver 
40 miles away that will take you five hours to get there? Yes. So like our delivery zone is really like max out at like 13 miles from where the warehouse is. 13 Mm -hmm. miles is like two and a half hours. (laughs) (laughs) It just is like in traffic. It's crazy. Um, I love but, Ohio. <laughs> yeah. 13 miles, 13 minutes, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, not the case. Like, we could go four miles to Manhattan. It can be an hour. And that's, cool. like, in the morning. Um, but I, since we have restaurants, they're on predictable schedules. We, we've started to couple them. So, like, Upper East Side, Manhattan, that's Tuesday. Tuesday morning. Uh, Midtown Manhattan, that's Thursday. Uh, Williamsburg, Greenpoint, we do Tuesday and Friday. And so we've started to work around knowing when the restaurants need the deliveries and trying to schedule the residences in with those times. Now, um, I have like offerings for next day or urgent or same day rush delivery if they want to pay another 50 or a hundred bucks to get it on the day that they want. Sure. They can do that. But, and it's not just cause I'm, it's a money grab. It's like getting that route optimized can save me two, three, four hours. Um, if I know right. I'm making multiple deliveries in one area and I, it's not like, you know, I pay the drivers good money. Um, so, you know, that, that really is just paying for their time to go out of their way. Mm-hmm. How many employees do you have, Richard? Right now, I got two W-2 employees who are like more full-time. Um, so I have a driver and a helper. Uh, and then I have a, two like seasonal contractors who are driving additionally, like when we can't fit everything in one yeah. truck. And then I have two other helpers who are contractors as well who help stack and load and everything yeah and then what is the competition like in new york city are there a lot of firewood delivery services or or is there a lot of room for more i don't know if how much room there is because the market while the economy is big with a hundred restaurants you know and they're getting maybe a couple hundred bucks in order every week you got to figure the cost of inventory relative to the gross revenue is, is kind of low on the restaurant side. Like, I don't know, maybe there is, maybe there is room for more, but I think we're the only one in Brooklyn Um, or at least where we are in Brooklyn. There might be one other guy. I think there's a guy in the Bronx and then there are a few companies that are either in the Catskills, New Jersey or Long Island that will come in and yeah. do larger deliveries. Um, but the last, I, I have a guy who's kind of mentoring me who had like 75 out of the hundred restaurants pre COVID and he stopped doing Manhattan altogether. And that is the case. I've heard that a lot. Like there used to be people who did Manhattan who did Brooklyn and they're like, Nope, don't, don't want to not with the tickets not with the i don't want my uh i don't want to get into a fender bender i don't want to pay the 
they just like up the tolls can be like 40 bucks in and out of Manhattan. People don't want to deal with that. And I kind of outside of the good customer service and customer retention thing, my whole thing was like, I'm going to do myself what no one else is willing to do. And yeah. so if that means climb stairs, if that means stack it, if that means be a nice and polite person, I'm going to do all that uh, un- until it gets unbearable. So yeah, I think uh, a lot of places, a lot of people, because they have small apartments, because they don't have a lot of storage, they'll just go to the hardware store, buy a couple bundles and and do what I did. And so we, I just came in there to be like, let's make it easier. It was a pain in the butt for me. And so I imagine it is for other people too. All right. So another, another hot uh, topic on my mind here is I know New York and Manhattan, Brooklyn, it's a big, big city and there's a lot of names out there. So have you ever delivered to like any famous people or anyone famous from New York? So I had a guy call me once older gentleman. I think he was on a TV show back in the day, but he, he told me his name because I collect all the information. What's your name, phone number, address, all that stuff. He's like, my name's so-and-so. Look me up on Google. <laughs> I didn't recognize the name, but um, it it uh, it appears he was on some show like Brothers and Sisters back in the day. Um, yeah. Delivered to some folks who I guess I know from like their owners of companies that I know and things like that. Um, but we had actually one very interesting experience and it's on my Instagram. Um, this woman who's like Instagram famous, maybe like 200,000, 150,000 followers. She's 98 years old. Her name is Dorothy. (laughs) She has this like cult following. She's this amazing person. She's (laughs) sort of famous, not famous. I I kept calling her and checking in on her because I like to do that but also because i just like talking to her and so she called me up for firewood and we delivered there a couple times i was like how about i'll give it to you for free just post me on your instagram and she's like oh sure um, <laughs> she's not like famous famous but she's like instagram famous and and she's pretty cool all right nice. that's good well richard do me a favor though if you ever get an order from a person known as Jody Foster um uh, you can 1099 me I'll I'll be your delivery guy okay <laughs> I got you <laughs> so where where can we find you online if people want to take a look and check you out yeah you can check out our website which is woodbornboys.com w o o d b o u r n e boys.com or at woodbornboys on instagram one thing that I guess is kind of interesting is that I don't know that much about firewood relative <laughs> yeah. to you guys. I didn't grow up cutting my own firewood. I'd never operated a kiln before. I know how to market. I know how to sell. I know how to do customer service, all of that. So yeah, if 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 you know a lot about firewood, you live in New York City, hit me up. We can yeah, it's like it it didn't necessarily have to be firewood for you. It could have been donuts or hot dogs or it could have been um, bathroom cleaners, you know? 
Yeah. Well, and and Richard, I don't know who you talked to before this, but we don't actually know that much about firewood either. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone sort of just flying by the seat of their pants. Yeah. All you got to do is start a podcast and people think you're an expert, right? Yeah. Or, or from what I hear from a lot of my followers, I don't know very much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like it's always the commenters know the most. Yes. They yeah. always know so much. Uh-huh. It's true. But yeah, you learn, you learn while you do it. Like you try it out, you learn what people like and don't like and go from there. All right. All right. Well, Richard, we want to thank you for sitting with us and giving us an, an, a window into your day, a firewood delivery service in Brooklyn, Manhattan, and New York City. Very interesting. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, Dan. Well, before you go, however, we do have one thing. <laughs> however. A, tradition, a, tra- a tradition here on the podcast where we uh, we do what we call Woodhound the Guest. So we're okay. going to throw at you a series of questions. And you need to answer these. Just one word, you know, just right off the top of your head, as quick as you can answer them. Uh, we'll have a clock going. So you are on the clock. All right. And if you yeah. are ready... I will give you the first question. These are short answers, Richard. And if you don't answer them, though, in the allotted time, you will suffer a significant Woodhound penalty. Yeah, Manhattan's <laughs> fine, I imagine. <laughs> so, Joe, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Uh, Dan, why don't you start with the first question and start the clock? All right, here we go. What car did you take your driver's test in? An Acura, I think. Who is this guy <laughs> driving an Acura? Okay. This is my okay. grandma's. <laughs> what? It, all right, I don't know how this is going to go, Dan. Okay, Richard, what is your favorite chainsaw? <laughs> uh, I think I have a steel. I don't know which uh, yes. size it is at home. Yeah. yeah. What is your favorite fast food restaurant? Wendy's. Where is your dream vacation? Big Sky, Montana. Do you believe in UFOs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite rock band? Oh, uh, is Air Clapton a rock band? Yeah. yeah. All right. What is your favorite firewood species? Ash. Good answer. Would you rather go to a truck pool or a symphony orchestra? I don't know what a truck pool is, so a symphony orchestra. (laughs) (laughs) Who is your favorite historical figure? Uh, Johnny Appleseed. And what is your favorite sports team? New York Knicks. All right. Yeah, man, Oh, I didn't know we Richard. had a live audience. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Richard, Richard, thank you so much. And, I mean, when you think about it, we were asking a lot of you. Uh, you didn't know who we were. <laughs> You'd never heard of us. You took my, you took my call. You took me serious. And uh, you, you um, agreed to sit down here with us and let us pepper you with a thousand and one questions about um, – Woodborne Boys Firewood Delivery Service, Brooklyn, New York. 
Yeah, he might he might be changing that policy about always answering his phone after this. <laughs> I always I'm always trying to say yes to everyone. You know, I, I, like I don't it. have the the benefit of being ten years in business, so just yeah. try to say yes to everyone. And this has been true pleasure. You guys are great. So really, well, thank awesome. you. Yeah, it, I I'm still my wheels are going to be turning for days after just thinking about this. And so thank you yeah. very much, Richard. Greatly appreciate you being here. I see there might be a day where we will invite him back, don't you think, Dan? And yeah. uh, we'll probably have more questions we need for him. I, I can right. see that happening. All right. So, Dan, maybe we better strike up the band and let's get out of here. What do you say? Sounds good. Thanks again, Richard. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the number one firewood podcast in the world, The Woodhounds, right here on your favorite podcasting platform. That's right. And we want to tell everyone out there to stay safe and be cool. And Richard, have a great day. <laughs> <laughs>